In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, cleanse my heart and my lips, Almighty God, that I may proclaim your gospel worthily. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. One day, when they were together in Galilee, Jesus said to his disciples, The Son of Man is going to be handed over into the power of men. They will put him to death, and on the third day he will be raised to life again. And a great sadness came over them. When they reached Capernaum, the collectors of the half-shekel came to Peter and said, Does your master not pay the half-shekel? Oh, yes, he replied, and went into the house. But before he could speak, Jesus said, Simon, what is your opinion? From whom do the kings of the earth take toll or tribute? From their sons or from foreigners? And when he replied, from foreigners, Jesus said, Well then, the sons are exempt. However, so as not to offend these people, go to the lake and cast a hook. Take the first fish that bites Open its mouth, and there you will find a shekel. Take it and give it to them for me and for you. The Gospel of the Law St. Matthew is the only evangelist to record this episode, which is fitting because only a tax collector would be interested in such records. The story of the temple tax of half a shekel takes on a more ominous significance in St. Matthew's Gospel, as it is prefaced by the second passion prediction of our Lord. As our Lord did on the first occasion of predicting his own passion and death, he ends on a note of hope. On the third day, he will be raised to life again. However, the disciples seem to have missed this. Instead of having confidence that Christ's suffering is part of God's plan, and trusting that a story will end on a note of victory instead of defeat, the disciples respond with tremendous distress. A great sadness came over them. When asked by the collectors of the temple tax of half a shekel if Jesus paid the requisite tax, Peter did not hesitate with a resounding, Oh yes! By Jewish religious law, as commanded in the Bible itself, Every male Jew over the age of 20 had to give an annual contribution to the temple of half a shekel. Peter's quick answer to the collectors of this temple tax may suggest his eagerness to show that Jesus and company are good Jews, not anti-establishment activists plotting to overthrow and destroy the temple and other Jewish institutions. Once again, Peter seeks to find an escape route for Christ, a way out of the horrific ending which our Lord is predicting, by arguing that they are part of the system and not against it, that they play according to the rules. When Peter was in private with the Lord, the latter surprises him with an insider lesson on the Lord's unique relationship with God, and by extension, their re unique relationship with Him as son and not foreigners. Our Lord uses an analogy of the kings of the earth to make this point. Such kings collected taxes from foreigners, just as the Roman Empire imposed a poll tax on the colonized Jews, but not on their own subjects, the sons. 
just as the sons of an earthly king are exempt from paying the king's taxes, so is the Son of God exempt from paying taxes to God. At the same time, our Lord did not want to offend the religious authorities at his point of his mission. Though he is exempt, he offers the tax willingly for himself and for his disciples. Notice that the tax is not taken out from his purse or the common purse, but miraculously derived from the first fish which his disciples catch. It is an offering by God to himself. We see in our Lord's actions more than just appeasement of his enemies, but a fellow shadow of his own sacrifice on the cross. No holocaust is worthy to atone for man's sins, so God offers his only begotten Son to do that. He sacrifices himself for me and for you. Immediately this action of paying the shekel is given new meaning through the lenses of his passion, which he had just predicted earlier. Christ also provides us with an example of humility, one who seeks to make peace rather than a rebel rouser. He forgoes the need to be in the right and to exert his rights in order to build bridges even with his opponents. There are certain essential truths which are non-negotiable and which we should never back down even under pressure. But in all things non-essential, it is often better to give in to the preferences of others than to insist on one's own opinion or way, even if we are convinced that we are right. Let us choose our battles and decide which is worth fighting and which should be avoided if it is possible to do so. In a saying often attributed to St. Augustine, we are reminded, in essentials unity, in doubtful matters liberty, in all things charity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.